0: Good, okay, I'm gonna do a teaching this morning, is that okay? So I'm not going into preach mode or prophetic mode, it's not gonna be wang, bang, wallop and lots of stories necessarily. I feel that God is moving among us, I feel like there's something fresh that God is doing and so the important thing to do in a time like that is not just to enjoy it and to teach into it but also to explain what's going on. So what I wanna do is explain about the life of the Holy Spirit this morning because I feel that God is moving among us. Uh, people like Fergus McIntyre come along and he's, you know, uh, uh, praying for people. And, and uh, it was so funny. I think my favourite bit, Rich, was when you were stood here saying to Fergus, come on then, give me more like a boxer. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Rich flew back. And honestly, you, were, you glided along the ground for, a, for about two metres there. Uh, God, God's doing some powerful things, but they need explaining. Um, uh, spiritual things aren't um, normal to us. If we've spent 45 years growing up in school and looking at life in a certain way and then we come across this thing called the Holy Spirit, who knows that's weird, right? Now if you come from the southern hemisphere of the world, you won't think it's weird. You're quite used to spiritual things and the understanding that spiritual things affect human lives. But for us in the West, who have learned to live in our brains because of our our Greek teaching system, we think it very strange to actually interact with God spiritually. So when Fergus McIntyre goes, everybody get your buckets, I was imagining half your faces going, I don't have a bucket. What bucket? (laughs) What is he on about? And so uh, now why he was doing that essentially was was, and he explained it more on the Saturday, he was subtly telling us, look, you can't connect with God in your logic part of you. I've got to get you to the creative, imaginative, feely part of you. And that's why through the pages of the Bible, it's always pictures. It's waterfalls and fire and oil. So to those of us that have learned to live in logic, we sit there going, what is he on about? But actually, it's because there's another part of you, your heart. It's more like the creative piece of you that would paint a painting or write a song that we connect with God in. It's your spirit. Okay, and God is spirit. So... I hope this morning as I teach, I'll awaken that part of you more. For some of you, I hope there's some stuff that you catch that you'll go, and you're used to the Holy Spirit, and you'll go, yeah, but I've got some, a few more tools there. For those that feel I haven't got a clue what is going on, and I think they're all nuts, I, I hope that you catch some of the basics. Is that okay? First thing to realize is that it's okay and natural to think that it's nuts. Uh, there, was a, there was a Bible school student learning about, uh, not the Holy Spirit now, but he was learning about deliverance. And they, they'd just done a whole session on demons in their Bible school. And he was in a meeting and, and the preacher got him up to pray for someone. And there was, there was a, a big um, American woman on, and she came up for prayer and he went over to pray for her. And he did what every rookie person praying for someone does. He closed his eyes. You never close your eyes when you're praying for someone, right? And he put his hand on her head And he prayed for her. But really, he was thinking about, he'd been learning about demons all week. And he's praying for her like this. He's got his eyes closed. And then he opens his eyes. What he didn't realise is he had cufflinks on and they caught her wig. (laughs) She had fallen over in the Holy Spirit. So there was just this black thing. So he starts to go, he's got me, he's got me, he's got me. And as he shaked his hand, the wig flew off into the crowd who parted, terrified that this black demon was coming after them. Spiritual things are weird, right? And let's be honest, scary. Yeah. So I, it was prob- I was probably over 19 before I stopped running out of meetings where the Holy Spirit was moving. Actually, maybe a bit younger, maybe 17. Because they're unusual and we're not used to them, especially in this part of the world. So I want to do some explaining. Is that okay? Okay and uh, let's just see where we get with it. I hope you get something, because I, I, uh, Darren continued with a theme that I'd started some time before, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. Wasn't that a great message last Sunday? It was outstanding last Sunday, and this concept, we're making friends with Niagara. We're, we're getting to know a hurricane who is our God. Now, it's beautiful that the God who's, the Bible says that when God, Spoke His breath created planets. Imagine stars, suns a billion times bigger than the earth just coming out of God's mouth. And yet he can dial down his power to shape Adam with his fingertips and form the bone in his ear and form the lens in his eye. That's our God, so potent and yet can dial his potency or the experience of it so down to be so intricate. He he has the ability to take his Niagara Falls and yet touch your life so beautifully and powerfully that you're transformed. But the reality is not only does God dial down, we have to dial up. Because what we're talking about is above the normal human experience to say, okay, there's a God Now you might go, you're just being weird. Listen, you're in church, you're weird already. (laughs) If you believe in the virgin birth, you're nuts. So everything else after that is easy. You already believe in miracles and Jesus who died for you and rose from the grave to wash away all your sins. You're already nuts. So you might as well go the whole hog and say, I believe in the Bible cover to cover. Now, the difficulty is we're the kind of church that does believe the Bible cover to cover, right? From beginning to end. And that includes the weird bits. Yeah. That's right. So actually, sometimes I think it's just that we don't hear the scriptures enough sometimes and know what the Bible says about stuff. So let's have a little look at some of it. Here's the problem with the things of the spirit. The person without the spirit, I've got this here, so I don't have to have my back to you. There you go, we can do it. Oh, you're going to work, yes. The person without the spirit... I've worn myself out already. (laughs) I I think I need to get fit, right? (laughs) The person without the spirit does not accept. Understand, this is what will go on in you, especially if you're not spirit-filled yet, or if your mind has not yet learned to understand spiritual things. Okay, you can be touched by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's by the renewing of your mind that you're transformed. You can be filled with God's power, but as a man thinks, so is he. That's a... verse. The Bible, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. So listen, if we're going to go after the things of God, there's a bit of your logical brain that's going to go, it's just nuts. Here's the good news. Everybody that thinks it's nuts. All of us do. Okay. The whole point of of God working in our lives. is not that we're all set in agreement with everything he does. It's just we've got to the point where we go, he's the boss and I'm learning. And actually, logic is not the boss. I'm learning to get to know this supernatural God and how he works. And so every one of us has part of us going, it's foolishness. He says he cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the spirit. Oh, that makes it worse. The only way to discern the spirit is through the spirit. So until I've got the Spirit, I'll never understand the Spirit. But to understand the Spirit, I've got to have the Spirit. So in other words, you've got to have the Spirit first before you can understand the Spirit. In other words, understanding will never lead you there. There's got to be a hunger that says this, I want God more than my logic. I want him more than anything in my life. I want his presence. I want his power. I want to walk the earth like Jesus walked. I must have this fire, this oil, this waterfall in my life. And when desire overwhelms logic, you enter into the place of beginning to understand God. But every one of us will go through this battle. Um, there's a contrary thing going on inside of us Galatians 5.17 for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh That's happening in all of us they are in conflict whenever the spirit moves you will have conflict whisper to the person next to you I like conflict (laughs) oh you liars you lie honestly I can't believe you did what the preacher said you liars really no, we don't like it, do we? We don't like tension. I, I, I have meetings all the time, and listen, leaders, don't think you're here to remove tension. Actually, real life, isn't it about managing tension sometimes? Is it spirit or word? It's both. Uh, is it faith or works? It's both. And it's living in that tension without the simple, we love the simple thing of it's just one or the other, right? Look at the day the Holy Spirit came. It says from verse five, so the Holy Spirit has fallen on them. There's tongues of fire on their head. In other words, it's weird. There's a noise from heaven. And then it says, they were staying in Jerusalem. I'm reading up here now. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd, will you say the words underlined with me? Is that all right? Come on, work with me, help me. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Some say they don't know whether the miracle was the hearing or what they were speaking. That's interesting because it doesn't actually quite tell us. Um... Utterly, oh, oh, well done. Oh, you're better than me. I forgot about that bit. Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, and said they have had... Naughty people. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I, to what I say. These are not drunk. As you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is this, this, this bewildering, utterly amazing, amazing and perplexing. What does this mean? We'll make fun of you. You look dumb. It looks like you've had too much wine. You look drunk. This is what was prophesied by Joel. New Testament church is impossible to run biblically without it being bewildering. So remove from your mind the concept that I must have a logical grasp on everything that happens. Bewilderment means confused, baffling, puzzling, mystifying, disconcerting, surprising, dumbfounded, flabbergasted. When God moves this great Niagara that dials himself down so much to touch our lives. Work with me for a moment. Wouldn't it be crazy to actually think that God, who has planets coming out of his mouth when he spoke the worlds into being, that when he touches our lives in reality, that every now and then some things wouldn't happen that weren't unusual. It's more logical to say, actually, you know what? If all of your Christianity is contained within this, I would say you're probably locked up in your mind and God isn't really touching your life. That doesn't mean that God can't meet you like this. I'm not saying that. But if he's God, really God, alive God, not dead God, not theoretical God, but God, you're going to feel it. You're going to experience something. Is that okay? Um, So, I can't remember what the next bit is. What does the Holy Spirit do? Let me read this really quickly. Is that okay? Is it turned? Let's do it quick. Why do you need the Holy Spirit? It's really important. The why. He convicts you. He's the He's the one that makes you feel bad when you do bad, right? He guides you into all truth. He regenerates. He's the one making you born again. He he leads you. The Spirit sanctifies. That means makes you holy. He's transforming your character. He's empowering you. He's teaching you to pray. He bears witness in you, that you're the children of God, the Abba Father peace that the Spirit cries. The Spirit distributes spiritual gifts. The Spirit anoints us for ministry. The Spirit washes and renews us. The Spirit brings unity and oneness in the body. The Spirit is our guarantee and our deposit and our seal of future resurrection. The Spirit reveals the deep things of God. The Spirit cries, Abba Father. The Spirit supplies us with Christ. The Spirit gives us access to God the Father. The Spirit dispenses. He pours God's love into our heart. You want to feel God's love? Just get filled with the Spirit. Isn't that right? The Spirit teaches us, gives us joy, enables us to preach, moves us, comforts us. I had 50 things, I reduced it to 23 for the sake of preaching this morning. He does so many things. Actually, this is the point. When God commands us to live the Christian life, he doesn't actually say, do it. He says, this is what I want you to do. Now wait, I will empower you to do it. So the Holy Spirit lives the Christian life in us and through us. Without him, you cannot live the Christian life. And if you think you can, well, go ahead with life. I'll pick you up when you're 80, exhausted and frustrated and finally realize, you know, the things I want to do, I can't do. And the things I can't do, I don't even want to do. In other words, I just can't do this in and of myself. But there is a power available. Even Jesus' ministry only began when the Spirit filled him. In the book of Acts chapter two that we've just read, that was the moment when failure like Peter, who was scared of a little girl, at a fireside, and he denied Christ. Suddenly he becomes the preacher of the New Testament. What was the difference? The power of the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was transformed. Amen. Um, Now, when God is moving, we want fruit. Anybody want fruit, right? I don't know about you. I want the bits that matter, right? I want the juicy oranges. And now... Your Christianity should be after the juicy oranges. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit in various ways. And we'll look at those in a moment. But I want us to understand that there are leaves as well as fruit. There's stuff around the things that God does. And they're not the fruit, but it's inevitable that they're there. I always know when Lamia is in any building... Does anyone else know how I know that Lamia... I can be four offices away, and I'll know that Lammy is in the building. Does anybody know? Yes. She's laughing, <laughs> right? It's, just, it's the evidence that it's the evidence that Lammy is around. There are things that happen around God, and if they disconcert our logical mind, we'll miss the fruit because we're distracted by yes. the leaves. Yeah. Now, Jesus went up to the fig tree, not an orange tree. He went up to a fig tree and he saw that it was just leaves and no fruit and he cursed it. I'm going to talk about leaves in a moment. We can't have a life that's just leaves. We must have fruit. But leaves are inevitable. They're going to be around. Is that okay? So what I want to talk about for a moment, I'm not doing this very well. I've got too many things to click. The leaves is the stuff that you'll see or hear wherever the spirit is. They're human reactions to God encounters and the spirit of God. It's completely normal. I sometimes do a talk. Now, the kind of stuff I'm doing today, this is what you get in our Bible school and our short courses and our Tuesday morning courses. It's going deeper and it's, it's thoroughly uh, 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 soaked in scripture. But I think sometimes you have to bring it to a Sunday just to relax everybody into the biblical nature of what God does. Is yeah. that okay? Um, So I I sometimes do a session called Human Reactions to the Spirit of God or the effect of the Spirit of God on the human body. Uh, It's just leaves. And I want you to understand this about culture. Uh, We'll we'll get into a minute. Let's keep going. I'll get there. All right. I'm going ahead of myself. We've already seen that people can be in awe, perplexed, amazed, ridiculing, or misunderstanding what is happening. That is normal. Another one, We can be filled with the joy of his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Um, I've been in some incredible meetings where God breaks out and moves among us. I remember being in a church. It was the main church in Johannesburg that was planted by John G. Lake. And I stood up and... I preached the morning and and at the end of it, I I just had a prophetic word. God said, it's going to be like a bomb is going to drop on the place that evening. And it's quite a rough area. It's the kind of place with gunshots in the door. So I just hope it meant a spiritual bomb, you know, but it was in the evening, the presence of God fell. And it's probably about four or 500 people there. The presence of God fell for three hours. Some span on the spot, some ran, some laughed, some trembled, some cried. When I left three hours later, there were bodies in the street outside. The glory of God had hit the building. Now, we've got to understand that that joy in his presence, if you've never been in a meeting when joy is breaking out, now, joy is good, right? Yes. Okay. What do you think fullness of joy looks like? (laughs) Okay, let let me tell you what Christians do. Let me tell you what Christians do. I'm really joyful. (laughs) I think I'm going to (laughs) dance. are you ready there you go <laughs> it's deep down deep 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 down I don't know about I... light's joy is <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> fullness of joy you start to sound like Lamia <laughs> what happens when the Holy Spirit falls on hundreds of people and it's fullness of joy it'll sound like Lamia Now I know, this is the thing. If you're the one in the room, in the logical part of your brain, watching others go through that, you kind of go, because listen, this is the thing about the Holy Spirit. It's not like the 10 commandments that are completely objective. I could just teach you principles. You know, do not commit adultery and I could give you 10 reasons why it's a good idea not to. It's just principles. The Holy Spirit is completely subjective. In other words, your experience is where the truth of the experience is. So I can't judge what you look like just because I've never been there and go, well, I don't agree that God makes people laugh like that or fall like that or tremble. And well, actually falling and trembling is all over the pages of the Bible. Let me ju- I'll read these and I'll make some comment on it. Falling and trembling is just one of the natural byproducts that the Holy Spirit is around. Daniel 10.10, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Leviticus, they shouted and fell face down. Joshua fell face down. Saul fell to the ground. Revelations 1.17, John fell at the feet of Christ as though dead. Ezekiel fell down again and again and again and again. Typical prophetic dude, he's always falling over. Um, One Samuel, I love this one, but the spirit of God came even on Saul and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth. Don't do this. He stripped (laughs) off his garments and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all that day and all that night. Please don't do this, please. I don't want to move like this, all right? I'm just trying to show you that weird stuff happens. Okay, that's all it is. naked church no let's not do it this especially not in this cold all right this is why don't go there don't go there stop Uh, this is why people say is Saul among the prophets in Exodus Moses the people even the ground trembles and shakes this is an interesting one when Jesus said as guards came for him Jesus just said I am he and it says they drew back and fell to the ground have I got it up two chronicles the ministers could not stand to minister when God's glory came in other words Feeling physically overwhelmed and trembling is a completely normal part of spiritual interaction. Now, here's, here's the point I wanna make. I don't believe God is in heaven going, I think I'll make you tremble. <laughs> I think, church, you should all line up in a row. I'm gonna have you go down like, like dominoes. Um, I, they are human reactions to God moving. I don't believe God is in heaven going, let's make people fall over. We're just reacting. And actually, so charismatic cultures that we've got into a bit of a cultural thing where people line up and they go down in lovely straight lines. Have you noticed? i don't like the straight lines. I don't like people putting doily cloths over them when they fall over. You ever been to a church like that? I don't like the term slain in the spirit. It's not in the Bible. But people tremble and are overwhelmed and actually more commonly in scripture fall on their face before God, not their back. So we need to be really careful that, number one, we realise it isn't a little cultural thing to fall over. We're just meeting God, but it's quite normal for some to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily endorse the experience more. Right. God is not pushing you over. And let me say another point. Don't let any human push you over. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a human pushing you, you push back. Yes. All right, I tell you that as your pastor, push back. I yes. no, when it, If it's God, it's God, buddy. You know, stand back. Okay, what we want is God moving among us. It's not a culture to have little lines and people falling over. I don't even like catches if I'm honest, but health and safety means we've got to have them. I actually quite like it when there's just random stings. And actually, okay, let, let's go even further. Chris, come up and pretend to be a woman. Come on. It's just, it's just natural. He can do it because be, he, can do it. he, he can do it. Because before the operation he has experience of that. I'm only joking. Listen, everybody, if we're going to be the kind of church where we don't mind people praying for each other, all right, number one, only pray for someone if you've got a clean life, okay? Don't pray for someone if you are going through terrible stuff yourself, just let that rest and be ministered to, okay? But listen, guys, you'll notice most of the time, and this is cultural, not biblical, because laying on a hand is really important, but you'll notice I hold hands a lot. Why? Number one, I don't need to be pushing anyone over. If it's God, it's God, and I'm not interested whether they fall or not so I hold hands a lot because it's more socially acceptable especially men on women mm-hmm. or women on men hold hands men I don't care what you're praying for you never do that yeah. work with me yeah. right yeah. And uh, wait well, does not work with you I was going to say don't put you're alright with your hair but <laughs> if, if, if you put your hands on my head all I'm then thinking about is I've just done my hair <laughs> I'm not listening to God at all Oh, don't, don't you know how much hairspray it gets to cover up the bald patch? <laughs> and all I'm thinking about is you wrecking my hair now. Nothing to do with God. Leave me alone. So look, man on man. But you know, I'll grab a man and pray for him if I feel that he's going to be comfortable. But especially, we might have to change that in, time come, in times to come, mightn't we? But listen, hold hands and just trust God together. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Do not invade, and you, you do not invade personal space. Okay, and what, especially what you don't do is put your hands out and then just close your eyes. <laughs> Hello? Right, you open your eyes and you minister to them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and you take a mint before you start as well. <laughs> because what I want them to be is relaxed, but I don't want them to feel invaded. And here, remember this, you might feel comfortable, it doesn't mean they do. yes. Yeah. Yeah. right you might feel pure nothing to do it right but it doesn't mean they they might feel violated and you don't so it is very much about making them feel comfortable to be prayed for but men just about the only place you should ever put your hands on a woman hold their hand sometimes on their head, and occasionally, and again, I wouldn't even do this if they didn't have sleeves on. I might put a hand on a shoulder. That's about it, or the middle of a bat. But you'll know how I minister. If Chris was a woman and he said to me right now, I've got a sciatic problem and it's going down through my buttock, what do I do? I go, lamia? Well, actually, I better use Jonathan. You'll be my other girl. Come here. <laughs> and he, and he, and he, he is... He, t- it's like he really wants to. What a weirdo. <laughs> what a weirdo. Right? So, so, you know, I, 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 I'll go, I'll say to this person, just put, tell him where the pain is and they'll go there, then he'll put his, whatever, oh, just get on with it. And then I'll put my hand on their hand. So we're in an age now where we need to be super, super vigilant and make people feel cared for. And actually, that this wild thing that is the move of the Holy Spirit does have, thanks, Chris, does have some human dignity to it as much as we can, is very, very important. And you you just got to be really careful not to manipulate. I know that's always a judgment call. But we want to care for people. You'll notice me, if I sense that people are up for a bit of wild prayer, I'll I'll jump on a Jonathan and pray and grab him and hug him and pray for him. He's my friend. But if I then, I'm looking at some poor girl stood next to him who's absolutely terrified that I'm about to do that to her, my demeanour will change completely. I'll just say, put your hand out. Okay. Because it's about, now the, the power of God is individual to individual lives so we've got to learn to minister to each other but falling and trembling does that make sense God is not pushing people over we're all just reacting to God in different ways and if you don't want to go down oh I've held my ground in plenty of meetings trust me I ain't going I got my new jeans on get lost I'm <laughs> just gonna meet God nothing wrong with that it's not more spiritual to fall is that okay And I tell you now, there are leaders of major revivals in the world and there's bodies everywhere in their meetings and I know they've never fallen ever in their own life. It's just a reaction. And the other thing that people do, shouting groans and sighs. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. Hebrews 5.17, you want to be like Jesus? Here's what Jesus was like. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard, actually, not because of the cries or the tears, but because of the reverent submission. Uh, Mark 7, Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh. So sighs and groans are uh, scriptural and all in it. And again, it's just us humanly interacting with this divine Niagara of a being. I love this one. Ladies, what do you think to this? Um, John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb and when Mary met Elizabeth, it says that John leapt in her womb as the Holy Spirit filled her. That doesn't sound like fun, does it? Anyway, I thought that was funny. Evidently not. Trances... <laughs> but I've never been pregnant, so there you go. Leap away by the sounds of it. This is a weird one, trances and focus changes. You'll see why I put focus changes in a minute. It it says, this is Peter now, he became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He He was hungry, right? But listen, so the outer leaf is that Peter lost focus and just went into this trance, the fruit was, he had a vision of you being sat here today. Yeah. Now, if we're sitting around going, you know what? I'm a Westerner. I don't, it's weird. Just weird. You're going to miss God because God is not a Westerner. If it's biblical, we do it. You're in a biblical church. Some people go, I'm a word guy. Great. From cover to cover, it's experience so all it talks about is the experience of God again and again and again so you need to learn how to experience God Uh, I like this Daniel fell into a deep sleep Abraham fell into a deep sleep anybody feel that anointing this morning while I'm teaching can you feel it is it on you right in other words just I called it focus change because I didn't want to call it sleeping I didn't know what to call it so there you go so these things happen And um, I'm having to move forward because I'm running out of time. You're getting something from this. Understand, even in church history, because some of the things, sometimes we go through something for for a, a season, or we've been to church for a certain season, but we don't have a historical background. I know some of you here have been through moves of God in this church. When miracles break out, we've had leadership meetings. We're all on the floor for two hours, overwhelmed by the power of God. And others are going, I've never been in this environment. It just is... Not like my Anglican church. What's going on? Uh, And so understanding something of history. Wesley, I love this word. When Wesley would preach, the history books say people would fall thunderstruck. They'd have to be carried out the room when Wesley would preach. So we love the Methodist church and we love the transformation of our nation that it brought. And it did turn the world upside down. But you must remember the leaves were that people would fall thunderstruck under the power of God. You can't have the principle and the fruit without there being some leaves. Can't get freaky about the leaves. You just got to go, okay, if it's God, these things sometimes happen. We're not looking for them. We certainly do not want a tree that's all leaves and no fruit. But there's going to be some of these things happen If you go in a good Sally Army building, there's shelves in the back, the old chapels. Because when the power of God would hit, the people would be on the floor. They couldn't get up. The caretaker did not want to wait till they woke up. So he just put the bodies on the shelf, lock the door, and he'd come back in the morning and let them out. (laughs) They were so, they weren't going on the floor for 10 minutes. They were out for four or five hours under the power of God as he did a work in their life. It's just leaves, but it happens. Is that all right? Um, the fruit oh this is the best bit have I done all the, all the best bit? Let's, so look joy laughter awe puzzlement falling trembling crying shaking thunderstruck crying out sighs groaning weeping trances zoning out in the presence of God okay, come on Africans those are southern hemisphere people in here it's normal part of spiritual life isn't it yes. you're, you're sitting here wondering I don't even know, what, know why he's talking about it what is he on about It's because the Brits are sitting here going, oh, my Lord, somebody (laughs) did something more than look baptised in lemon juice. You know, it's just it just happens around the things of God. Oh, Lord, speed me up. Help me to get a lot in. Is that okay? So look, so the fruit. This is, this is what we're after, so don't be distracted by the leaves. We're after the fruit of God yeah. moving in our lives, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God begins to change your very core nature by the outpouring of yeah. his Holy Spirit. Not overnight, it grows in you like fruit. Good. You slowly become more loving. You slowly become more like Lamia, joyful. You slowly become more peace-filled. You slowly... <laughs> Slowly become more patient, right? (laughs) I want patience and I want it now. Let me tell you how God also works. He he does these things in one of two ways. Either you can be like a good drunk and when the Holy Spirit hits you, you suddenly become more loving. I love you, man, (laughs) right? Sometimes just the spirit of God working in your life just takes down your inhibitions and we just start to relate a bit better. But there's another thing that happens and I want you to recognize it. The spirit of God is a fire, is one of the words for him, right? And that is all about purity. If I'm going to make pure gold, I'll put you in a furnace, put a fire. And when the spirit moves, impurities rise to the surface. So after every great move of God, pastoral team, note this, it happens every time. Whenever there's a move of God, give it three days and then everything comes out. In other words, some of the biggest arguments happen about two days after a move of God. And if you don't recognise that your impurities are brought to the surface when God touches your life, and actually you can have some of the worst times faced with your own failure and brokenness and weakness just after God moved. Now, if you don't realise that, you think, oh, I don't like God moving. Every time he does something, it gets worse. That's not the idea. It comes to the surface to go, I don't want to be like that. I repent. I don't want that attitude in my life. Okay, that's why when God moves, it really winds people up. Why? He's showing you you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't very encouraging. <laughs> there you go. But it is encouraging if we're okay with repentance. The other thing that God gives you is a free supernatural toolbox. Now, the problem of the word gifts of the Holy Spirit is by gifts, I think sometimes we think giftedness. So we think spectacular skills and talents. And so we think it's about spectacular phenomena. But the word gift in this context is to do with it being free. It's that it's a present, not that you become gifted. Yeah, so that's why the, they're actually their tools for heaven to move among us. Amen. The gifts of the Spirit are little breakouts of heaven in our relationships for the common good. And they're given freely. You need no earning value to have them. Yep. They're completely free. Let's read it. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Now to each one, the manifestation, the, the revealing of the spirit is given always for the common good, never to show off, never to make someone look spiritual, but it's love to bless yeah. each other and change each other's lives. To one that's given through the spirit, the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge. Uh, you've got faith there. You've got gifts of healing. You've got miracles, powers. And to another, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits speaking in different kinds of tongues until and another, to another interpretation of tongues. Let me go through those really quickly. So there's little breakouts of heaven when the spirit is in your life. He's not only developing your character, but he's, he is gifting supernatural moments that transform you. And it's wisdom, which is knowing what to do. I once walked into a car showroom. I was looking for a car. God said, I want you to buy that car. He told me what to do to do. I say, God, I haven't got the money. God said, I have. I ordered the car. By the time the car came, I had the money. Miracle done. So when wisdom comes, he's going, right, it might not seem normal, but here's how to do that. And it's a download from heaven. Knowledge, knowing something you couldn't know. Fergus McIntyre was here the other week, and it often happens in this way. Oh, I feel somebody's got having migraines or got a problem with their back or this. It's God giving little bits of knowledge that you wouldn't normally know. Faith uh, is not just your normal saving faith, but it's faith in a moment I was in Glasgow with Stuart and Paul Hemingway, and uh, at the beginning of one of the meetings, a gift of faith came on me, and God said, there's three people with deaf ears, heal them right now, even before the preach. So I got up, and you now, if you think of doing this when you've not got the gift of faith on you, you come out in a cold sweat going, "Oh, that was brave. Um, but when the faith, that, you do. So, so, so you look at some people and go, how on earth are they trusting God for that? But when faith breaks out, and you say, come on, there's some people with deaf ears, come out here, you're gonna be healed within three minutes, we had three deaf ears open, okay? Okay, that's the gift of faith. Healing. We've got people. Who in this room has ever been healed by God? Wave your hand. To the, come on, raise it up high. Look around you, everybody. Those that have never experienced it, look how many people have had pain, leave, okay? Have minds healed, have joints improved, injuries removed, just because we pray for each other. That's all I need to say on that. Miraculous powers, very, very similar, but also not just healings. A miracle isn't just a speeded up healing. It's also signs and wonders too, Okay, Babu was preaching down at the one event. Some of you were there, partway through his preach. He felt God say, to, to, he, he, was, he was bringing a certain point and God just said to him, tell watches to stop in the room right now to prove that it's from God. Wow. And I saw him pause and I chatted to him afterwards. He's a friend there. So uh, I was chatting to him about, you know, does this happen often? He said, like, nope, it's the only time it's ever happened. He stopped mid preach in front of about 3,000 people and then he said, okay, to prove that this is of God, Watches are gonna stop in this meeting right now. So everybody, he just prayed. He said, now look at your watch. Six people in the rooms, watches had stopped. He brought them out the front. He said, do they normally stop? They said, no, it's a really good watch. He said, right, to prove this, God, God, restart these watches now in Jesus' name. Here's the interesting part. Only four of the six watches restarted. (laughs) (laughs) But it's amazing that they restarted. Now, here's the thing. The gifts of the spirit don't have a Westerner's perfection to them. That's right. Yeah. Work with me. Because all we sit there going is, "What about the two guys, Watchers who are just broken?" <laughs> That's what you're thinking about, isn't it? You go, "Well, if he's a loving God, why didn't he restart all sex?" It's because you've got a perfection mindset to it. Rather than, "Wow, you go, "How?" Wow. <laughs> you see, signs and wonders don't operate like that. The more complex, and there's a, there is a battle going on too. Yeah. See, some of, the, some of the strange things are, are people, um, people when they get prayed for, they get healed. Often have you, the sickness can come back. Work yeah. with me, anybody, right? Now, it's usually only to quite a small percentage, but it does. Um, now, some of it, you could go psychosomatic. Pain left, it came back. You, there are, without a doubt, some psychosomatic healings and things can return. But when somebody's deafness is gone, Right, so they can hear, and then three days later it comes back. You kind of go, that's not psychosomatic. Mm. Right, it's a war. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I know I'm going on to a slightly other subject. Uh, Sandra, am I right that after, we, we don't often tell this part of the story, but after Sandra was healed, the pain came back? But Stuart and Sandra said, no, no way, I've been healed. And of course, they were mature enough Christians to so know, no, we're fighting for this, this is ours. Yeah. And you had to fight it away for how long? Days or weeks, I can't remember days so you've got to know this isn't this isn't um you know Darren brown (laughs) right it's god and we're fighting for each other's spiritual lives and there's a great imperfection to it and if the biggest thing in your mind is that two watches didn't restart you've lost the point god is a great mystery (laughs) right Okay, and, uh, and so um, these things happen. I don't know why I brought that up. What was I talking about? Oh, miraculous power. So miracles go on, but there's a great imperfection to them. Is that all right? I'm only going to preach for another hour. You're all right. Um, a prophecy, knowing the future or knowing the heart of God. Distinguishing between spirits. Sometimes you just know that's right, that's wrong. And it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, not from up here, but in your gut. Tongues and interpretation. Understand, there's different kinds of speaking in tongues. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's tongues and interpretation, which is a message. Yep. Somebody shares a message, and then somebody interprets the message. We don't do that a lot on a Sunday morning here. It would happen in smaller settings. Um, uh, but somebody was... Now, that's a message in tongues. But there's also praying in tongues, which is a different thing again. Okay, so the messages would... There's instructions in the Bible for Corinthians, which I won't go into. Um, but there should only be two or three. Why? Because we, we have hour-long meetings. Everybody in the room wants to give a prophetic Message in tongues and then have it interpreted. But praying in tongues, all raising our voices together in one accord in tongues, is is another thing. Um, A few little points on tongues. Um, uh, Pentecostal denominations, some believe that speaking in tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't believe so. I believe it's an evidence. I tell you why I don't believe so. is because five times are filled with, people are filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, and they speak in tongues only three of the five. Okay, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was months and months and months before I spoke in tongues. But prophecies and a sense of his presence and the sense of power in God was there, but it was actually praying for a friend, and I ran out of words, and I suddenly tumbled into tongues. Here's the thing, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you might not speak in tongues yet, but let me give you a revelation, you can. Yes. It's normally just a little bit of a mental block and normally we're going, so when does God move my tongue? <laughs> right, actually, it's more, it's more of a faith act. Okay. And as you, as you begin to step into it, like a child learning to speak, you stumble your way into it, awakening this spiritual reality. Okay, maybe we need to do a morning on tongues sometime soon. Remember, the Bible says we speak in the tongues of men and of angels. So the tongues of men, there will be someone in the world that understands what you just said. But if you speak in the tongues of angels, I don't have a phrase book for that. (laughs) And when we say speaking in tongues, understand they're often repeated phrases. You're not having conversations. I remember being in Spain and there was a move of God going on in the room and one girl right in the middle of the room was just stood there going, meet me, meet me, meet me, Jesus, meet me, meet me. And the pastor leaned over to me and he said, she doesn't speak a word of English. (laughs) And she just had this repeated phrase in her spirit, meet me, meet me, meet me. I remember going to speak at Hollybush. And as I stood up, I was speaking in tongues because sometimes I get excited and I walk up to the podium speaking in tongues and I put my Bible down and and then I kind of launch into my sermon. And then at the end, an African lady walked up and she said, do you know what you said? I said, what? So when you spoke in tongues before you preached, you stood up and you spoke in tongues and you said, sit down and listen to the words of the king. Is, is Sam here? Oh, it's cold in here, isn't it? Is Sam... It's, we're going to have to do something about the heating for winter if this is it. Otherwise, I'm going to... We'll take up vaping or something like that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, uh, <laughs> so in Cottingham last Sunday night, Cledy recognised Sam's tongues. And he was repeating a Chinese word. Now, the interesting thing is that Cledy said, I've only ever heard that tongue in a place where revival breaks out. My favorite one is a friend of mine in Africa, ministering the Holy Spirit for the first time to people. And he prayed for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, um, which is an evidence. I don't know if I fully made that point. It's an evidence. I don't believe it's the evidence. Uh, If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do all nine things up there as God leads you. Okay, you might have some logic things to work out with some of them. Uh, you might chase God for 10 years over tongues and then one day it'll just kick in and it's like there was this mental block. Boom, boom you'll go. My friend was ministering to people in Africa uh, to, to help them speak in tongues and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, after a little while, you know, I think the next day this, this girl came up. She couldn't speak any English. And she said through an interpreter, you prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit. and I'm, I'm saying this stuff, but it just sounds like scribble. Um, I don't know if I've got tongues, and so he said through the interpreter, "Okay, well, tell me exactly what you're saying, and I'll tell you whether it sounds like tongues." So she, oh, okay. So she began to say, and this is exactly word for word what she said: "I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've 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 been filled with the Holy Spirit." I've been with the Holy Spirit. So th- there are these things that go on. The most powerful part of it. Some it's messages. It's it's like it's it's a, another way of prophesying. It's very similar to you speak in tongues, then interpret it. It's like a prophecy. Okay, but there's this other thing. It's your prayer language. I will pray with my mind. I will pray with the spirit. I'll sing with my mind. I'll sing in the spirit. And you can all raise your voices and sing together. Okay. Um, so there's different kinds of tongues in the Bible. So you know, as you read them and understand them, I've run out of time. Think God good. Are you all right with this? I'm gonna let, let's see what we got left to do, because I just want it to. I want to do the simple stuff for you. Um, so here's the language. Go, I'll go through them really quickly. Jesus said you'll be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The word baptised is a transliteration. It's an English way of saying a Greek word. Why? Because at the time they all sprinkled. So they knew if they put immersed, they would have to change what they do and they didn't want to. So they call it baptised. But really it's it's not supposed to be a naming word. It's it's, it's a doing word. You just get immersed. In water... It was a contest there. and then Jesus said, "You'll be immersed in the Holy Spirit." So Jesus poured out his holy Spirit. That's why we get the pouring kind of language. Um, and so how does it happen? So we repent. We turn to God and we get baptised in water and then he says, and you'll receive the gift. How will we receive the gift? Well, it says that they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit and they did. What did that look like? They placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Does it always happen like that? No, sometimes while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on people. But so what actually happened? Well, Jesus poured out his spirit. People got prayed for and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. What does he fill? He fills your body. It's a temple and rivers of living. Water flow from within you. What does he fill? He fills your bones and your skin and your blood and your brain and your heart and your digestive system and your yeah. muscles and your legs and your ligaments. He God is a spirit coming to dwell in your physical body. That's why we tremble sometimes and shake sometimes and sigh sometimes and feel overwhelmed sometimes. But they're just the leaves. The point is I get wisdom and he changes my character and he leads me on and he convicts me when I do wrong and he makes me love the Bible He makes me want to pray. Sometimes I don't know what to pray, so I start to groan and he helps me to pray and I just learn to walk with God in this wonderful way. But where is he? He's in my body. He's in my body. So somehow my spirit... That bit of me that I barely understand. This is why it's hard. That's why I'm doing the basics. My spirit connects with his spirit. And suddenly, wow, while I'm really broken and growing and learning and making lots of mistakes, I'm also a little bit of heaven on earth. It's like an umbilical cord between heaven and earth, between God and me has been opened up. Because it says once you drink of the Holy Spirit, then that drink becomes in you a well. You now have a well inside you. That's why Jesus said, you'll never thirst again. Why? You got your own well. You don't need to go to church for a meeting. You are a meeting. You are an encounter. You are a revival. You are a move of God inside you by his Holy Spirit. We come together to stir it up and to fan into flame what God is doing. But you got it inside you once you've had that first drink. You can do all those nine gifts, you can have all those nine fruit, you can grow in God. but The key is don't be distracted by the leaves. Just go, it's just leaves. I'll end with this, they said to Wesley one day, as the nation was being transformed, hundreds of thousands of people being saved, nation turned upside down. They said, but it's really messy, isn't it? you, You know, revival, Don't you want revival without messy things happening and flesh and mistakes? And Wesley said, oh, I wish it could happen, but it won't. So give me moves of God with mistakes and leaves and things going wrong, but I must have moves of God. Amen, let's stand together in the presence of God.